Blog Talk Radio. That is so true. 
God means it all and meant it all for good. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Awesome God we serve. What a great God. Tremendous, tremendous God. There's no one else like him in all of creation. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So I don't know if my speakers are working good tonight, so I'm going to take them out. Just want to make sure that you can hear me and um, that we're doing good. I want to greet you tonight in the name that's above every other name. I love that name. Don't you love the name of Jesus? What an awesome name, that name, Jesus. Hallelujah. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring about what is this day to save many people alive. I just read from Genesis chapter 50, verse 1. I want to bless all of you that are listening to Reaching Out Radio International all across the globe and in every continent where people are dwelling. I'm here this evening to let you know that uh, no matter what the circumstance or situation you may be experiencing, God has a great plan for your life. What you and I need to do is align ourselves with his purpose for our lives. And then we begin to walk in the purpose that he has for us. Now, you may ask, the Pearl, how do I align or position myself to, to begin to be in sync or travel the path that God has laid out and intended for me? Well, this is where Reaching Out Radio International comes in. As you and I tune in and listen to these broadcasts, God will use me along with the other hosts on this radio program, serving as his ministers, teachers, and preachers, to assist you on your journey with Christ. Amen. And that's why we're here. That's why the woman of God, Evangelist Montel Fields, uh, was used of the Lord to to make this possible. And so before I read the word, allow me to pray for and with you. Amen? Just before we go into part two of God meant it for good. Heavenly Father, in the wonderful name of your glorious son, the Lord Jesus, I am so grateful for yet another privilege, another opportunity to come in your presence and to just to have the privilege to be able to break the precious bread of life with men and women, boys, girls, young people that are listening in over 90 nations around this world. God, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the privilege. I am humbled by it, Lord God. I just pray that you would use the words that you placed on my heart to be a blessing, to be something that can uh, bring uh, worth, be of worth, and something that can help those that are going through some 
difficult times, Lord God. It is difficult when we have enemies, and especially when those enemies are up close. But, Lord God, you always make a way for us. You make a way that the enemy of our soul, which is ultimately not even human beings, but the devil himself that is always seeking to kill, to steal, and to destroy. God, you always make a way so that we can have victory and we can escape. So I just pray that you would touch each person and that you will allow them to comprehend and to apply what they hear tonight and that it will help to take them from glory to glory, from where they are right now to a a, a closer place, a higher position in you and with you. We thank you, God, for the victory that is going to be uh, made manifest as people put to practice what I'm going to share by your Holy Spirit tonight. Be honored, be glorified, remove every spirit of distraction Because I know that the enemy will not want us to listen to this message tonight because it's going to liberate and set people free. But, Father, uh, cut through every bit of hindrance, put it down, and cause each man and woman, each boy and girl, to hear perfectly and to be able to apply it in Jesus' name, that your name would be exalted, that your name would be uplifted, and that your purposes would be accomplished. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you so good. I love that song that uh, we played at the very beginning. It's all about uh, Joseph and what he went through. And in the end, we know that God meant it for good. If you are not able to listen to part one of this message, but God meant it for good, I would recommend that you listen to that in order to get a better grasp of what I'm going to be sharing with you in this broadcast. Nevertheless, I will quickly give you a brief recap and summarize what was shared last week in order for tonight's word to make sense to you. Amen? However, I want you, and I emphasize and recommend that you take the time, maybe later on this week or the next, hopefully as soon as you can, Listen to part one early as you can to be able to get the full understanding of what I believe the Spirit of God would have you know pertaining to this topic. Amen. And so, if you remember, those of you that did uh, have an opportunity to listen last week, you know that we did talk a lot about what was going on with this great man of God, Joseph. He happens to be one of my favorite, all-time favorites in the Old Testament. Love, love, love Joseph. And um, Joseph was favored, and perhaps that's what got him in a lot of trouble. Only the Lord knows. But, you know, if you're favored, you're favored. That's it. And he happened to be favored of his father, and his father gave him a beautiful, beautiful multicolored robe. We call it his multicolored coat. And that caused his brothers that were really his, most of them except for Benjamin, were his half, but they were his brothers nevertheless. And that caused such jealousy uh, in these 
men that were his brothers, they, they looked for an opportunity to strip him of his robe, the robe of many colors. And we know that, uh, as I shared with uh, all of you that were listening last week, we know that robe, a robe of many colors were worn by royalty in Bible times. And I had shared with you that Second Samuel chapter 13, verse 18, tells us of the time when Tamar, who was one of David, King David's daughters, he w- she was raped by her half-brother Amnon. And when she was raped by Amnon, um, you can read all about this story in Second Samuel 13, um, she tore her robe of many colors in shame because of the horrific way that she'd been sexually violated, abused, and treated by her own brother Amnon. Always the enemies of God will try to strip you of your robe. And even if you don't have a special multicolored beautiful robe given to you like the way Joseph had that robe given to him by his father, the robe represents the covering that God has over your life. Those of you that are anointed of God truly, God covers those that he anoints. And the enemies of God, and sometimes these are even religious people, sometimes they're even church people, Uh, people that are in ministry, but people that have their own problems. And then a lot of jealousy sets in. And these same individuals, even though they're attending church with you or they attend another church, they will try hard to see how they can strip you of that robe or that covering that God has given. But let me just say to you right now, They cannot do it. They will try so hard to do that, but they can't. And then the Bible tells us that Joseph, his brothers hated him so much that they actually wanted to kill him. But God did not allow them to kill him. Instead, they sold him into servitude. They sold him to be a slave that would be taken into Egypt, a a country that was not Uh, of his origin, but he wound up in Egypt as a slave. But then Joseph's name means increase. The name Joseph, if you have that name, it means God will add. He will add increase. He will increase you. So Joseph, no matter what was done to him, you know, he sold into slavery and yet he's going to rise. He's going to, God's going to increase his life. He sold, uh, he was betrayed by his master's wife. Then he was put into prison. You'll get the details of this when you listen to part one of this message. But then he was put into prison. And so now that he's in prison, he still rises because his name means to increase. And so now the warden of the prison puts him in charge over the other prisoners. And so God gives him favor even within the prison. Then eventually he stands before the great Pharaoh of all of Egypt. And Pharaoh had a very troubling dream and nobody else, none of 
Pharaoh's wise men could interpret the dream for the Pharaoh. And eventually, word got to Pharaoh that there was a man in the prisons that could interpret those dreams that Pharaoh had. And sure enough, Joseph was brought out of the prison and taken to stand before the great Pharaoh of all of Egypt. And God anointed his servant Joseph, and he was able to interpret the Pharaoh's dream. And when Pharaoh heard about the interpretation of the dream, he knew that he should put this man, Joseph, in a high position to help him and help all of Egypt when famine was going to take place. And sure enough, God raised Joseph to be the number two man in all of Egypt. The only one that he was number two to was before Pharaoh. After Pharaoh, Joseph was the next in line. And even the Pharaoh said that nothing could be done, nothing could be moved in Egypt unless Joseph commanded it to be so. And so, wow, even though his brothers took his coat, stripped him of his birthright, stripped him of his privilege as a son of Jacob, threw him, eventually the devil had him thrown in prison, but now God raises Joseph up. And and we know that God used Joseph to be a tremendous Tremendous, tremendous, powerful man of God that not only was able to save all the people in Egypt when the famine hit, because the famine did not just hit Egypt, it hit the entire known world at that time. And so not only was Joseph used of God to be a blessing to Egypt, but eventually the same brothers that wanted to do him so much harm, God used Joseph to help them, to feed them and their families and his own father. Wow. And every country that came to Egypt looking for food in the midst of a famine, God used his servant Joseph. And then when his brothers were afraid that now that Joseph is in such a high position, and that their own father, Jacob, had eventually passed on and died. They were so afraid of Joseph. They were afraid that Joseph would retaliate, especially now that their father had died, and that he would, he would um, reward them and chastise them, punish them for the wickedness, the extreme wickedness that they had done to him years ago. But Joseph said to them in Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 to 21, Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke 
kindly to them. And please, again, for the third time, I'm going to ask each one of you that did not have the opportunity to listen to that entire message uh, that I was able to give last Sunday, please go and listen to it because I not only spoke about Joseph, but I also mentioned something about some other people. I talked about Hannah, and I talked about Jesus, our great Messiah. And so you will get some other wonderful things that you can apply to your life with understanding when you listen to the entire message that was shared last Sunday night. But now we're going to go into part two. And I just want to say that one of the most uh, painful things in life is for someone to experience betrayal. And that's what happened to Joseph. He was betrayed. Betrayal is even far more horrific and painful when it comes from someone who was very close to you, someone who you grew up with, whom you trusted to always do right by you. Sometimes betrayal comes from someone whom you personally would have given your life for and you have already sacrificed and put your own life on hold in order to see that individual delivered from the enemy's stronghold only to later on have that very same person who you put your own life on hold for them to see them come to deliverance. But now that same person betrays your trust and treats you very wrongly. Joseph in the Bible underwent some of the worst imaginable. He was betrayed by his own biological brothers. He grew up in the same house with them. He ate at the same table with them. And despite having different mothers, they all shared the same father, the patriarch, Jacob. However, one thing I've learned and continue to see in the word of God, and I witnessed this in life, even in my own life, in the present, it is that when your life is marked for greatness by God, and God uses you to impact many lives, literally, when you're in the business of saving people's lives, not only spiritually, but also physically, you're also marked for great betrayal. May I say that again? When God has his mark upon your life in a special way, in a way that other people can see it, in a way that's not like everybody else. It's not like all of the other brothers and sisters, you know, that you run with. It's not like that. God has some people that he, he, he gives a special calling on their life. Not everybody is asked of God to do what they're asked of God to do. They're, not everybody is anointed of God to do what God has anointed them to do. But when you have these kinds of people that, that have a special 
touch of God on their life, a special mark of God on their life. These are the people that are marked of the devil for betrayal. And why is this, you may wonder? And the answer for that is not really obscure. When God is using an individual to fulfill his divine purposes, specifically with regard to saving lives, the devil becomes very angry and will use anyone who is not walking right with God to attack God's servant. Let's look again at Joseph. Jacob had many sons. The other sons were not anointed of God in the same way that Joseph was called and anointed. He had a special assignment. It was a greater assignment than that of his brothers. End of the day, Satan's plan is to utterly destroy the person that God has his hands on to the point they would have joy if it was left up to the devil. Joseph would have had no joy, would have doubted God's call upon his life, doubted God's love and protection for him, would have allowed his brothers to beat him down to the point where he would, he would die spiritually because he would have begun to distrust God. And eventually he would have died physically. They wanted to already kill him physically. Thank God that God did not allow that plan to come to pass. But that's always the plan of the devil, to, to, to get you to a place where you die. David said, King David now, because King David, again, was another man of God, that had enemies and not all of his enemies were far some of his enemies were close I don't know you know and the Bible does not tell us exactly which enemy it was when he wrote when David King David wrote in Psalm 55 verses 12 to 14 but it tells us clearly and I'm going to read it to you it tells us that whoever David was talking about, it was not somebody that was a far-off enemy, somebody close. So David wrote in Psalm 55, 12 to 14, for it is not an enemy who taunts me. Then, if it were, I could endure it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me then I could hide myself from him. But he says in verse 13, but it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, and my confidant. We who had sweet fellowship together walked in the house of God among the commotion. You are the one who has betrayed me. And no one can betray you like the one who is close to you. However, even when, going back to Joseph now, even when his own, when Joseph's brothers 
tried their best to kill him, God preserved his life. Sometimes evil people, through manipulation, scheming, lies, and deceit, do their utmost to hurt you, try their best to turn other people against you, work maliciously to destroy your godly reputation, and push hard, push very hard, frustrate God's plan for your life. And of course, such evil workers, they do these things covertly. They know exactly who they can act treacherously in front of and who they cannot. So most of the time, when they say these wicked things and do these wicked things and commit these atrocities, they do it behind closed doors. They do it when other people cannot hear what they're saying most of the time. They will say these things to you or about you behind your back when they're trying their best to destroy you. But I have good news for you tonight. Yes, Sister Pearl has great news for you tonight. God sees and knows everything. Joseph was very aware of God being the great, omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God. And why, Sister Pearl, are you saying that? I'm going to quote to you what I quoted last week of Joseph when his master's wife was trying to get him to lay with her and commit adultery with her. What did Joseph say to Potiphar's wife? He said, with me in charge, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? I want to read to you that last clause again. How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Now, the reason that Joseph was able to speak that way to Potiphar's wife is because Joseph was very cognizant He understood the character of God. He understood that God is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. So what do I mean? Omniscient means that God has complete knowledge, awareness, understanding, 
and perceives all things. So, God being omniscient, God knew how Potiphar's wife would daily try to get at Joseph, daily try to break him down. Time after time after time. God saw because he's omnipresent. He can be all places at the same time. And let me just tell you, the devil is not omnipresent. I don't know why people get that confused, but they get a wrong understanding and they seem to think that the devil is all, you know, all seeing and all knowing. And No, he's not. He's a fallen angel. There is only one person who is omnipresent. That's God. There's only one. And God is omniscient. And God is omnipotent. And he's the only one who is. So Joseph knew that his great God, the God of Isaac, Abraham, his great-grandfather, he knew that this same God was aware of what was taking place and happening to him, how this woman would try time after time to wear him down, time after time to get him to do something that God abhors, which is adultery and fornication. He also knew God was very aware of what his brothers did to him. God understood. God was there when his brothers spoke to him very badly, when his brothers lied about his character, when his brothers tried their best to make him feel like a piece of dirt, even though he was honored and called out by God. But see, when you're called out and anointed of God and those others feel, you know, jealous and envious, They're going to try their best to wear you down. So I can just imagine, I can just imagine how his brothers spoke to him. I'm sure it was not in a good way. But again, the brothers didn't understand, like Joseph understood, that God was hearing, seeing everything. Again, God is omniscient, knowledge, awareness, understanding, and perceives all things. Now, I don't have a lot of time to go into all these verses, but I want to give you some scripture to to encourage you and challenge you. Go to the word of God. See what the word of God says about God being all-knowing, all-wise, all understanding, perceiving, go to Psalm 139, verses 1 through 4. Psalms 139, verses 1 through 4. Then I want you to turn to the New Testament. Jot these down because I cannot You know, I don't have the time to read all of these verses, but I want you to get an understanding about how great our God really is. 1 John 
This is not the gospel of John. This is the epistle of John near near the end of the New Testament. It's not the last book, but it's near the end. So that's first John, the first epistle of John, chapter three, verses nineteen through twenty. And there you will understand how God is omniscient, all wise. That's what omniscient means. All knowing, all understanding, aware of all things, perceiving all things. In other words, there is nothing happening to you and to me that God does not know it and knows it better than you and me already. So we don't have to try to convince God of what our enemies are doing. Our enemies forget that God is all-seeing, all-knowing, all-understanding, and perceives all things. They forget this. Then Joseph understood that God is omnipresent. Perhaps Joseph's brothers thought that now that, you know, we got rid of you, you're no longer being seen by God. You know, God is not with you. We're not with you. So we think that, you know, God is also not with you. But that's not true. God is not like man. So even though the brothers got, quote, unquote, got rid of Joseph, God didn't leave Joseph. And even though Joseph was put in a pit before he was, you know, sold into slavery, I believe God's presence was there with Joseph even in the pit. You can read that again. Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10. No matter where Joseph went, was with him. And I want to say to you, beloved, that no matter what hellhole your enemies will try to put you in, at thinking that they're leaving you up, you know, for good, you know, they're treating you poorly, so therefore they think that God's going to treat you poorly. God's not like them. The Bible says he will even prepare a table for you in the very presence of your enemies. I remember that I had this one particular woman uh, in a church that I had belonged to many, many, many years ago. Many years ago. I was still in my, wow, I was still in my mid-20s. I had gone there in my very early 20s, and I left there uh, in my later 20s. And, and, and this particular woman, she, in the beginning, she acted like she was all, you know, she loved me. But then bitterness, jealousy, envy got the better of her. And she wound up saying the most horrific things about me, lying, did some really, really, really wicked things. I don't believe she's ever really repented. She, she no longer is alive. I hope that she did repent before she went, you know, and left this world. But she certainly never asked me to forgive her. I did forgive her because it's my job to forgive her. 
but um, sad. But eventually, even though I had left that church, um, just before I went to the mission field, that same church held a banquet for me, and she was in attendance. And it was exactly like what the writer of the, the psalmist said, that he will, in Psalm 23, he will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That woman was there, and she was able to see God prepare a beautiful table for me right in front of her. Now, I would have never asked for God to do anything like that. I mean, the verse came back to me later on. But I said, my goodness, Lord, your word is so true, so powerful. It is so right. And why am I sharing all of this with you? I want you to hang in there, those of you that people have made themselves your enemy. Just know that God sees and God is still with you even when you're treated horrifically. And you cry, and it's painful. I believe that that Joseph understood this part of God's character very clearly because he was treated horrifically by his own brothers. But he understood that God knew all about it. There was nothing about what he was going through that, that God didn't know, and that even though he was you know, put in a pit and then eventually put in the prison that his great God would cause him to increase. And we know that at the end, he went from pit to prison to be the number two person in the palace. This is how powerful, now I'm going to talk about the third one, omnipotent our God is. Wow. All-powerful. So God has the power to take us from a bad place and bad places when our enemies have done their best to put us there and God has allowed us to go there because he's teaching us something. He's building character in us through it all. God is omnipotent and there is nothing that our God, you can find just a little bit of his great power in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. My goodness, who can create the universe that we know but God? I find it laughable when these people tell me that, you know, you and I came from an amoeba or you and I came from a gorilla. I remember asking my, my teachers, you know, in early, in primary school, secondary school, well, if we came from gorillas, why do we still have gorillas? Why didn't, why didn't all the gorillas evolve? Why do we still have amoebas? They, they never answered that one. Our great God is the only one that created this great world, created you, created me. 
and he takes care of those that he has created. He's all-powerful. Again, I'm going to repeat what I said before. He allowed Joseph to be thrown in the pit. He allowed Joseph to be thrown in the prison. But I want to say God was working out a tremendous plan that would eventually take Joseph to the palace. I'm not saying that you are going to wind up in a palace. I'm not saying that I will ever wind up in a palace. But I am saying this, that no matter where you're listening to this broadcast from, whether it be in Europe, a European country, Sweden, Denmark, England, Italy, France, Spain, you name it, Portugal, you name it, all the other nations in Europe, or you might be in one of the many, many, many nations of Africa, or you might be in one of the many nations of Asia, or you might be in one of the Oceania nations, or South America, North America, in the Caribbean, in Mexico, wherever you might be listening to this broadcast from, God sees you. He sees you. He, he sees everything that has to do with you. He sees your enemies. He sees the ones who do you good, the one who do you harm, the one who's, who've encouraged you and strengthened you, who love you, and the ones who've said the most horrific things to you, hurt you, caused you great pain. God sees them too. The ones who were treating you good one day and hating you the next day. God sees it all. And God, as you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14, he has the power to change your circumstance. So it is critical that we trust who God is, his character, his full knowledge of your situation, the situation that you're going through right now, and to know his intentions, what his intentions are for you, as well as for your enemy or enemies. God desires to to do good to the victim, as well as the perpetrator. However, when the evildoer or doers flat out refuse to repent, turn from their wicked ways, God being holy and just will absolutely deal with them. Make no doubt about it. He wants to do good to all of us. But some people will not allow God to do good to them because they want to continue to do wickedness. Or they're so reprobate that now they don't even know, you know, they don't even feel any, there is no conviction because they've been doing wicked so long. They chose to do wickedness so long. They chose to hurt. They chose to wound. They chose to kill people. 
with their evil words and evil deeds and manipulation, manipulative deeds, causing others to turn from them or from you. But God sees it. God sees all of it. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. And he says, let him deal with them. Don't you deal with them. He says in Romans chapter 12, verses 17 to 19, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And I can guarantee you what God has said about vengeance being his and he will repay. Trust me, I cannot tell you in detail. I don't feel the release to tell you this. But I have seen people, abominable things, trying to get away with it. But at the end, they did not repent. And God dealt with them harshly. Some of them are no longer. God is real. Don't play with God. I'm saying this to the to the ones who work wickedness. Don't play with God and don't mess with God's people either. Never ever, to those of you that have been hurt by people, Never, ever try to get back at the person or persons who have done you wrong. But instead, give them over to the Lord. You stay good. Now, you're not going to be able to live peaceably with everybody because some people make it impossible for you to live peaceably with them. They will go out of their way to make you miserable whenever they're around you. They will mock you. Speak very poorly to you, very bad, nasty attitudes. Just say the most horrific things. But but remember, they're not just talking to you. When you belong to God, God hears everything. They might as well be talking to God, even though you're not God and I'm not God. But when they're rebuking you, cursing you, and you belong to God, they're offending God. Remember that. So never try to get back at people that do these wicked things. Just give them over to God. He knows how best to deal with them. Trust me. Oftentimes, they're very sick and perverted spirits of extreme jealousy, envy, and hatred that are at work in the lives of these individuals who go out of their way to hurt and attempt to belittle you. 
The only ones who try to bring you down are always beneath you. Remember that. People who feel beneath you are the ones who go out of their way to try to bring you down. If they didn't feel that they were beneath you, they would never be working so hard to hurt. Did you hear what Sister Pearl just said? I'm speaking truth. This is why Joseph's brothers did what they did to him. Okay? That's why. Because they saw something in Joseph that they knew they didn't have. And so they went out of their way. Instead of blessing him and protecting the and the gifts that God has given Joseph, they tried to kill Joseph. Are you a Joseph? See, when you're a Joseph, you don't have to, to, you know, put a label, tag, wear a pin. You don't have to tell people about who you are. Your gifts make room for you. But when you know that you don't have all of that because you're not right in your spirit, of course, God wants to bless you. But if you know in your own spirit that you're filled with envy, pride, arrogance, ugliness, nastiness, of course God cannot use you the way that he's using someone who is not like that, who has a pure heart, a clean heart, clean hands, who does not think that that about you or other people. But when you know that you're dealing in wickedness, of course you're going to try to hurt people. So sad. But I'm speaking especially to those of you that you're a Joseph. He's not asking you to to save the world. But you're somebody that God's anointing is upon your life. I'm speaking to you as a servant of God. They meant it for evil. They meant to do you evil. Everything that has hurt you, that is, I mean, that is really been so painful. God meant it and means it for good. God is about to turn the situation around for your good, for your deliverance, but it's never just about your deliverance. It's that God is raising you up to help those who need what God has given you. Please listen to Sister Pearl tonight. As I speak as a servant of the Most High God, God allowed you to go through all of that hell on earth to bless you, to work in you, to create in you what he's making you to be, and for you to touch many lives. A lot of times, the worst that you go through, like Joseph, 
God's going to use you to bless that many more lives. Talking about you have a flat tire or somebody didn't look at you in the right way. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about those really painful things that people have gone out of their way for years just to be mean, just to be ugly, just to be showing the spirit that is really motivating them. Maybe other people don't see it, but they've let you see it, and they've let God see it. Remember that. Maybe the others don't see it, but they let you as a servant of God see it, and remember they've let God see it. Because God, unlike you and unlike me, is omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful. And God has allowed you, my sister, my brother, to go through that because he has a higher purpose. Let me pray with you tonight. Be encouraged. I pray to God that you are encouraged, knowing that nothing happens to you that God is not fully aware of and that God has the power in his time. He's going to deliver you and cause you to be a deliverer to others as Joseph was. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, you know every man and woman that is this message, you gave it to me for them. And you allowed me to go through and to continue to go through so that others can be blessed, so that I can share with them what I've experienced. And thank you for your man, Joseph that has gone through so much more than I have gone or most people have gone through that are still human beings. Father, thank you that greater is he that is in us, the spirit of God in us, than all the demons that are activated in those people that are doing wickedness. Maybe they're religious. Maybe they believe they're ministers, but right now they're acting as ministers of darkness rather than ministers of light. So, God, I pray that you would just envelop those that have been going through, that have been doing the right, but people have been doing them the wrong. God, help them to remember who you are, all-seeing, all-knowing, and you're going to work it out together for their good because you love them and because they're called according to your purposes. Bless them and continue to make them huge blessings, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you real good. Until next time, this is your Sister Pearl on Reaching Out Radio International in the Word with Sister Pearl. God loves you so much. Bye-bye.